0: Please be advised: some subject matter in this episode may be disturbing as it deals with death and passing on from old age.
1: Welcome to MM Plays, our podcast where we design, play, and discuss a game and campaign. Along the way, we will alternate episodes between actual play adventures and the analysis and discussion of games and design theories that relate to the campaign we're playing. For this campaign, we'll be using the mechanics of Cortex Prime, designed by Cam Banks. We randomly selected a theme and ended up with swashbuckling high school urban fantasy. So, join MMPlays as we explore and
0: enjoy a new campaign. And now, for the introduction of our players. My name's Chris Niezak, and I'll be playing Silas Flameworth, son of the Flameworth family with a frozen soul that's not my own.
2: I'm Old Man Logan, I'm playing Henrik Gunny Gunderson, a normal yep. teenager who's about to discover something extraordinary. My name is Jerry, and I'm playing Santiago Zircon, he is the
1: rebellious and reluctant scion of a powerful magic family.
3: I'm Phil Vecchione, and I will be your
0: GM. At the end of our last episode, Ms. Cortez asked Silas T. and Gunny to look into some strains in the Shroud at Stegelmeyer Park. They head out in T's car on their first training mission as a team.
3: Now let's join them as they arrive at Stegelmeyer Park. You guys head out to the park. Uh, I'm going to put down a trait on the table, which is strained in the Shroud, and uh, put a D8 on that. Now the Shroud is having some difficulty. You guys aren't quite sensitive enough to pick it up all the way at school, but you do sense it as you approach the entrance to the park. As we're
0: driving along over there, I look over at Gunny. Right well, I now call it Gunny because we're we're now friends. It's been a couple of weeks. I'm like, so when you ask that D girl out, what do you mean? She's totally into
2: you, man. I thought she was just excited like that with everybody. That's called flirting. Is that what that is? Is that what that was? Yeah, that, that was flirting. Uh okay. I mean
3: sure. you don't
0: you don't have to. I'm just I'm wondering if you're going to. I don't know. I hadn't thought about it. Well,
1: think about it and stop being oblivious. So she didn't seem like she liked hanging out with you.
3: There is a thing, right? There is a lot of dating that happens inside the club because you guys are the only people that you can be each other around. Totally makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or if it doesn't happen in the club, somebody knows another magical person kind of thing. There's like a little network that happens. Either way, I get out of the car, close the door. Mm -hmm. and start walking. I mean,
0: whatever you want to do, I just thought maybe you should, I didn't realize if you were aware or not. I I appreciate you letting me know because I like, didn't realize what that was. I like how Bob in real life and Gunny in the game
3: are the same person.
2: (laughs) There's there's, there's a ton (laughs) of Bob and
3: Gunny. Not the only character who's encountered this. (laughs) Yes. Um, (laughs) Yes. Bob's Tales from the Loop character also had the same problem.
0: All right, before uh, we get too mushy about this, let's go see what's going on.
3: Yeah. So at a D8, the Shroud is actively working to keep something hidden. Oh, that seems bad. I stop when I, when I sense this. Is it? Like a... you feel that? Like a kind of like a
1: vibration? hmm That's the shroud. Something's wrong with the shroud here. What, what do you think it is?
0: I don't know. Let's we'll go find out. Let's All go right. towards the middle of where the uh, emanations are coming from. Okay.
3: That's going to probably require a little assistance. Sure. All right. On, you tell me what I got to roll. Let's first describe the park really quick. It's March. It's like 430 in the afternoon. And it's too cold for there to be any organized activity. So there's like normally there are baseball diamonds, soccer pitches, things like that. None of those are populated right now. Really, all you see are like some people walking their dogs Mm -hmm. and the cold weather joggers, right? With their little headbands and running pants and things like that. So it's pretty sparse around here. In order to figure out what's going on, you're probably
2: going to need a little magic. Didn't you guys do a ritual When you were trying to find the angel. Yeah, Yeah, but not right here. (laughs) Well, I'm just saying, like, maybe that
1: would be helpful. Follow me. Yeah, let's follow T. She just steps off the path and just makes a beeline
3: through the trees. You can walk off of the open area of the park into Mm -hmm. the tree line. And that's actually like the Ronstein Woods Nature Preserve. But it's all part of like the greater part of this park. You guys can get some cover in the tree line for whatever it is you want to do.
1: That's why I headed off in that direction. What are you going to do? We're going to sit down and start our ritual. Same thing we did last time, searching for strange magic. We need a tracking spell.
3: Yeah. I'm going to tell you, because what I'm looking for is I want a roll for Mm -hmm. the tracking spell. And I'm going to tell you that the roll isn't whether you can cast a tracking spell or not. The roll is how quickly it leads you to where you need to go. So it either a successful roll will lead you directly to the source. A failed roll will get you there, but it's going to take longer. Okay. Sounds good. I will tell you that the difficulty is uh, D8, so I'm putting two D8 on the table, and I'll let you guys decide how you want to build up a pool for this ritual. So I go start to, like, put this together, realizing, like, this is a veil thing. And,
0: like, there's something wrong with my magic, because I use that, that flip. I have a question. When does
1: mage get used? We we haven't used mage at all in the last two. Games. I just used it. Used is, it. Oh, I just use part. it to understand my magic. Okay, that's what I was wondering about. Okay,
0: mage is used when it's supposed to be stuff that is not part of the veil. Which my magic that I am dealing with is okay. not part of the veil. Okay. Yeah, you know, like it's
3: outside of like veil regulation magic. Yeah, the greater understanding of magic, the greater workings of magic, those kinds of things are mage. Okay. But remember, we're veil trained. Yeah, I figured this was veil.
0: That's yeah. I, was I was wondering where, which where is mage comes in. Which is why I'm not, I'm like, I start trying to put this ritual together because I'm smart and I know this stuff, except mm. my magic is not functioning properly. Yeah. You keep seeing this, like, blue sheen of energy, like, cross my eyes as I'm trying to put this ritual together, and it, like, the magic keeps, like, sparking and fizzling out. And I step back. I'm like, I can't do this. I don't know what's going on, but there's something wrong. All right. I assume it's probably with the shroud around here. Some uh, Somebody else do it. All right. I guess it's a learning experiment. So let's lay this
1: out. I'm not super great with the veil either.
2: Tell me what you need me to do and I'll do
1: whatever you want. All right. First, just sit down and get in touch with, there's magic here. So sit down and focus on it. We've done this before. So we're gonna, Earth is my thing. So I scoop. we're going to try to make some mud that we can then put on our eyes. Is that what we did last time? Yes. And then it'll let us see. We did this before to find the angel. So it might work again but it's a different kind of magic, so let's see what we can do.
0: Yeah, we were following the currents of the wind last time. This time, uh, we'll, I guess we'll just look for the, the ripples in the in the shroud. Yeah, yeah. But reach out to the shroud so we know what we're looking for
1: first, so we'll do a ritual. We start gathering up some mud and dirt, and, I mean, it's March, so getting mud will be no problem out here. Yeah, so, not,
3: not a problem at which all. Which one of you two want to make the roll? We're going to talk
1: Gunny through doing this. Sure, let's do it. He'll, like, hover over him, but, but he'll teach him and let him go through it, so mm-hmm. very, very surprisingly patient on this thing.
0: So, you know it's probably like, I mean, for you, it, it could be geek if you want. It's definitely veil,
2: mm-hmm. it's definitely veil. My veil is a d6, so that's okay. not an issue. Yeah, geek is probably a good, uh, a good, uh, mm-hmm. and you know what? We're gonna use the sins of the father for my distinction because it's this has to your- do with my magical talent that I inherited, so yeah, and uh, that's a d8. Can you use a mana pool for this as well? You can.
0: So we're casting a ritual. So the ritual magic is about what it costs us and things like that. Basically, he wants a roll. So he said that's what he wants. You can ask Phil if we can use a mana die in this. I will allow it? Sure. He also has to ask if the mana die will be gone for a period of time
3: or not. Uh, I think it's gone for this scene. It'll come back. Okay, there you go. Because that's often how ritual magic works. Mm -hmm. This is not an overly strenuous spell, nor are you trying to make anything terribly permanent. Yeah. So
0: you have a couple of options. You could step the, you could have them step down the mana pool die by one or more steps for a period of scenes. You could have them spend it in because it's a ritual that's in constant use, so that mana is being constantly used until
3: we're not using that ritual anymore. I mean, I think that's what it is. You're going to put the die up until you drop the spell.
2: Okay, there you go. So I'll grab a d8 from my mana pool. So what are your dice right now? So I've got uh, six, a pair of eights, and a ten. Ooh, one and a seven. I'm going to leave that one out there for you in case you're interested. I have a feeling I might be able to get a seven. (laughs) We'll find out. (sighs) Yeah, I got a 16.
0: No ones? No ones. Okay. We super succeeded.
3: This does not take a lot of time. When you cast it, you're like this way. Oh, let me pause. Do you have any interest in this one for any reason? We don't know the nature of the. Nah, um, you
0: really don't. That's what I was wondering about. So yeah, I mean, because we could spend the buy the one to figure out something about the nature of the situation.
3: Yeah, I will tell yeah, you is some. there something. We I can will tell you, feel I'll tell so, you some extra information. Yeah,
0: but if you want to buy it, if not, don't. Let's do it. That's what we buy the one for. Yeah, what, let me. What did the
3: super success get him? Rewind. Take this back. You don't have to buy the one. Your super success. I will give you some extra information. Got okay. It. So first of all, you get there in a timely manner, which is good because uh, if you didn't, it was also going to be dark. When you arrived, it was going to add an extra distinction to the table would have been fine with me. It would have made my messed up magic go back to normal. Yes. Sorry. Not yet. What you sense about it is it is raw mana that's being just let loose into the environment. It's like emanating in like waves and it's pretty powerful. Like it's very potent, just raw mana. It's not a spell. Like if it was a spell, you'd feel like some sort of construction or shape to the mana. It's just like raw mana ripping through the woods. Am I right? Does that, that feels like mana. We yeah. used eye stuff, right? So yeah, so we, we now you, see it. You actually see like a wave of mana okay. pass over you. No shape to it, no organization, just
2: raw flowing mana. Oh, that is a lot of power. I'm guessing that much power just hanging out is A, not good, and B, whatever's causing it is probably not Good even more. I think it's awful, but we should probably go check it out. All right. This way. You head into the woods. Mm
3: -hmm. Takes you just a little while to walk through the woods. It's a very pretty place. There is a lake called Flat Tail Lake. Mm -hmm. And on the shore of that lake, there is a structure called the Stone House. It's a two story house. It was built in the 1960s. The bottom of it is like stone brick. Mm -hmm. And then the top parts are like, you know, with a wood roof or whatever. All of the windows are shuttered, like they're nailed over with wood that's been painted, like it was purposely closed up. And where the door should be, there is no door, and it looks like it's like completely taken off of its hinges. But even the frame where the door should be is gone, and the stones all around the door are kind of cracked and broken as if something too big pushed its way inside the stone house. First, I'm just going to put this out on the table. It is muddy and wet. D6. It is March and you are walking through the woods. This ground sucks. It's slippery. It's wet. It's cold. If you're not careful, it's the kind that'll suck a shoe off your foot kind of thing if your shoes aren't tied. Silas, you are not even close to the correct footwear. No. For walking through here. No, that's not true. If she sent us out. Yeah. Oh, then did you get like you put on some boots like you have your boots, have like okay.
0: my work boots or whatever, like yeah. like like leather boots. T will stop to actually tie his boots up, though. Yes. So,
3: yeah, I don't know if that's ever happened to you. I've had a case where I went on an uh, ecological field trip where they had to warn us because you could step in a spot and like literally yeah. come out of your shoe. Yeah. So anyway, the stone house sits on the edge of this lake. And again, it's March. So while it is like in the 30s and 40s, no leaves have sprouted on any trees yet. So these are all just bare trees. There is no live grass or anything. Everything's kind of a, if it's not got snow on it, it's kind of a dingy color. It's not spectacular looking. And like another wave of raw essence emanates from the stone house and moves out over you guys.
2: Okay, I think it's in there. All right. I have water magic, mm-hmm.
0: I have ice magic, and I have control. Mm-hmm. I want to pull my sword out. And I'm going to suck the water out of the frown and get it out of the way so it's not near us.
3: You're going to wipe out my trait?
0: Yeah, I have to spend one of my dice, though, to do it. So it's a it's a D6, right? Yes. So I'm going to spend my D6 on my mana pool to make all that water that's in the mud just go off to the left so there's not any water or mud near this problem. Is that a control? Or? Yeah, it's my control. Nice. I can spend one or more mana pool dice to alter a trait related to my magical talent. Uh, Yes. So if the spent mana pool die is higher, step up or down the trait by one or two steps. If the mana pool die is equal to or lower, step up or down the trait by one step. Um, I will spend my D8 then. So I can step it down by two and get rid of it. All right. So I actually take my magic and move the water so that it's dry. You just push it into the lake. Yeah, screw this. Yeah. Okay, that was cool. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, I don't have my D8, though, for the scene. Yes. Neither do I. All right. All right. Proceed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, the ground's nice and firm now. So I pull my sword out, I slam it into the ground, and the water just
2: up and bubbles off the side.
3: Yeah, it, like, literally, like, gets up and is like, oops, sorry, and, like, moves its way into the lake. Mm
2: -hmm. So is there, like, a protocol for, like, should we call out to whoever's in there and ask if they need help, or... What's your plan? Or do we just pull out weapons and going with a war cry we don't go with a war cry i would hope not that uh, seems kind of however we should i think we should
0: announce our presence yeah i saw this old movie called ghostbusters and i do not want to be like ray there's no Gitter ray Gitter <laughs> ray that no, no. wasn't we're <laughs> that's not your plan thank you for catching on to that yeah. yeah. however weapons should be out so
1: he will with a large clattering of, of stones all of a sudden his sword forms up on him you
0: want to go first you want to, i go first i'll go first okay good you're bigger. Mm-hmm. I mean, do we want to just say hello first? Yeah, we'll, we'll walk up to the door first. Be careful. This is a lot of power.
1: Hey, hello. Yo, spirits, it's your boy.
3: Uh, hello. It's about time you guys got here. You've been stomping through the woods so loudly. Heard you from quarter mile away. It's the boots. Well, I'm just going to tell you, if you're here for the mana, I'm going to put up a fight. And I don't think you're going to appreciate it.
1: We're not here for the mana. We're here to stop the terror in the mana. You're wrecking the shroud. Yeah.
0: No oh, shroud. Stop. Shroud. You should really desist at what you're doing, whoever you are. And also, identify yourself in the name of the veil.
3: Oh. Oh, you youngins.
0: When oh. Silas
1: does that, she just goes, <sighs> and rolls his eyes for a second. Well,
3: <laughs> my name's Eichnar. Come on in.
2: Is there a reason why you're pumping mana out at an alarming rate, Eichnar?
3: Yeah, Cause I'm old and I'm dying. Oh.
0: Hey folks, Chris here. We hope you're enjoying this episode of MM Plays. If you are, we'd appreciate it if you told other people about the show. We love making content and having more people listen to it will help us generate revenue to get better equipment, increase the production quality, and eventually build a studio. So tell folks about MM Plays in any way you can. With your voice box, via some new or old social media platform, heck, even write a letter to a friend about it, Or, you know, just text like most folks do. Now let's get back to the show. Let's walk in.
3: Yeah. What
0: are you dying from?
3: Dying because I'm old. You children are a bit young for the veil, aren't you? How old are you? Old enough to get sucked into the veil. I don't think I've blinked my eyes since you were born. I walk inside. I need to see what this is. Yeah, we're going in. What does he look like? He's a rock troll. He's an earth elemental, not a modern elemental. He's like the humanoid element. Old school. He's old school. He is over seven feet tall, over 500 pounds. Like he is Andre the Giant like size. His skin is like you have somewhat rocky skin at times. Mm -hmm. His skin is like all rocks Mm -hmm. and they're all mossy and cracked. Like he is completely covered in rocks. He's like a moving rock pile Mm -hmm. and he's like hunched over. Even though the, like the room's got plenty of height in the ceiling, he, like he's hunched over and he's kind of just plodding around inside the stone house. Now
0: that I've seen him and I see what's going on and I've seen what's happening, can I make a roll to like get a clue? To, uh, like yeah. know what the hell's happening here? Sure. Put some dice on the Meat. table. I think this is mage, right? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to use my geek sure. D10, my mage of D10. Yep. Because it's about knowing stuff about the greater magical world and um learn it in spite of
3: being talentless at a D8. Yeah, this is like kind of right in my right in my wheelhouse of things that I know. So typically when we do clues, we're not really trying to prevent you from getting clues. So in this case, I'm going to use a D6 difficulty just to give you a little something to roll against. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we'll give you some insight. I mean, you can just tell me stuff if you want. I mean, you could just ask. Yeah, like what's Like if you on? want to know stuff, go ahead and roll. OK, like, I'll give you some. I'll give you some insights. Yeah, I want to know what Silas knows about this. Yeah, uh, I get a 16 with a D10 effect. I get a one and a two. So Tonight is your night, guys. I've been rolled. I think I've rolled a one on at least one die every night, every part tonight. So you're like, oh, like this is what you know. Mm-hmm. When elementals get to a certain age and by age, I mean like ancient, mm-hmm. they start to lose control of their magic and they start to lose control of being able to like retain the massive amount of mana they have and become like overcome by their element. A phoenix will like become a forest fire in this case, like he's literally going to just probably turn into a complete rock if he doesn't pass on. And there's actually a ritual for elementals to basically pour their mana back into their element. For him, it would be like back into the earth. Like if, if it was an air elemental, it'd be like to disperse it among the air, that kind of thing. Their passing reinforces the element that they have spent their time cultivating and supporting.
0: I explain all of this to the other two guys.
3: Oh, you must be the smart one.
0: Oh, he's the smart one. Yeah, yes. he is the smart one.
3: I said my name is Ike Nar. You can just call me Ike. Yeah, I didn't know
0: that. There's like memories from Mesime that told me some of that, because that's why I have a D10 mage mm-hmm.
3: right now. Okay. I think some combination, like you're a pretty learned guy too, but yeah, yeah mm-hmm. maybe this was a thing you and Mesime were studying. Sure. Like, but for some reason, that memory of that is so fractured in my head right now.
0: Sure. I also seem pretty upset. I, I don't seem. I seem like a little bit like downtrodden or emotional because of that too. Like when I tell nice. you guys this stuff, mm-hmm.
3: he's like, "So, I'm dying. Who, who are you guys? The veil? Am I in trouble? No, or something? no.
0: Oh no, 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 no. Wait,
1: there's just a lot of mana being released in it. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's a truck. oh,
3: oh, hang. Like another wave goes by. He's like, I'm kind of losing hold of it. I was.
0: Well, why don't we just help him channel it into the earth? Yeah.
3: Yeah, we can help you. Well, that's what I came here for, was to, I'm setting up my ritual to pass. Well, we'll
1: help yeah, you we with can your ritual. With that
3: uh, would be helpful. I'm, uh, I was worried about how long it was going to take me to, to get it all put together. I don't move as fast anymore. I'm, uh, getting pretty slow.
2: That's all right. We can help.
3: That would be great. I was worried that you guys might be here to try to take my essence. Like No, no,
1: no, no. We're actually here to stop somebody if they try to do that. It's there's a lot of essence. Well,
0: we're really here to stop the shroud from being disrupted. We'll stop anybody who comes to get his essence too. I mean,
3: yes, we should totally do that. That is also yep. another thing. I, I appreciate that. It's been it's uh, it's been a while since I um since I've been kind of losing losing control of my magic. Well, tell us what to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. He's one, like uh From one elemental to another, brother. We'll help you out. He's like I appreciate that and he like Starts, like, slowly walking over towards your way and eventually, like, slowly pats you on the shoulder. He's like, it's nice to have a fellow elemental here. He's like, well, what's what's your name?
1: I'm Santiago.
3: No, this is his last name. Oh, Zircone. Oh, I know a Zircon. And he says your mother's name. I forget your mother's. Julieta. I met her at a family reunion. Oh, I don't know. A little while ago. Uh, in the 90s, I think. Oh, yeah. Look at you think it's you all grown up. Don't you have a couple of... The two, the... The twins. Yeah.
1: Geode and Amethyst.
3: Yeah. yeah. I remember them running around like... Oh, yeah.
1: They're going to graduate college next year.
3: Goodness. that's soon, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, it happens, I guess. Time's passing for me at a very quick rate. Well, I, I introduced myself, and, mm-hmm. and so... This I'm, is Gunny. I'm Silas. Nice oh. to meet you. Pleasure to meet you, Silas. Gunny, you could pick your job off the ground.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is... Like amazing, but
3: yeah, amazing. I'm watching a
2: watching a rock guy die. Well, just seeing a rock guy like you. Uh, oh. You're you're the first <clears throat> true elemental. He's the new guy, huh? Time. Extremely new guy.
3: Okay. Oh, kid, the things you're gonna see. I, I bet. So, how do we help you? Well, we got a ritual to cast. It's gonna take a little while, but I'll start leading you guys through the setup for it. It's unfortunately not a fast ritual.
0: It's understandable.
3: But uh, yeah, let's uh, let's let's grab some uh, let's grab some dirt. And uh, some stones, and we'll start building out the circle, and we'll kind of get things get things started.
0: I'm gonna go and call Miss Cortez and tell her what's happening. Okay, and that we got it on hand, mm-hmm. but just to let her know what's up. Okay, because yeah. that's the responsible thing to do. I'm gonna go look for some, you know,
1: especially nice rocks.
3: Yeah, that sounds good. And uh, so you're you're in with Ike, mm-hmm. and you guys are like, you know, pouring, you know, like you want to swirl that dirt like this way. He's like, so what about you? Like you're uh, kind of old to be. Uh, Kind of manifesting powers
2: like that's a story they suppressed it huh for my own safety sounds like a
3: terrible idea
2: yeah they aren't 100 percent sure that it was the right thing to do now but it's done whatever you know
3: you an orphan or something like i you know,
2: no a magical kin no my dad was modern earth ele- or air elemental and never told us
3: oh yeah i've known some uh, air aeromel- elementals <clears throat> in my time i mean it's a
2: lot of time yeah i'd imagine his name is gunderson Hmm.
3: You look familiar, but uh, I don't know. You go. You go by any other name? What about What about your uh, about your old man? You go by any other name?
2: I guess the Winter Wind.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. I've met that guy before. Yeah. Yeah. Three or four years ago. Really. Yeah. Down at a uh, canal side one night, late at night, I was roaming around down by the water. He came floating down from one of the supports on like under the skyway. Said he liked hanging out there. Good breeze, he said.
2: Oh. Huh. Nice guy. Okay, if you say so. Oh, yeah? yeah? Didn't get along with your old man? Apparently, he faked his death and left me and my mom. Hmm. That's strange. Seemed nice enough when I met him. Well, the uh, veil people say he's a terrorist,
3: so... Hmm. Didn't give me that impression. Seemed cordial enough. Anyway, sorry. Wait, yeah. That must be a thing. Yeah. No, I don't have any kids, like, so... I don't know. But, uh... Here, like, just arc that swirl out a okay. bit. Yeah, that, that, that's looking better. That's yeah, good. Cutting over to Silas, Miss Cortez is like, Oh, um, yeah, if you have it in hand, that's great. Are you guys planning to just stay with him? They were helping him put the ritual together. I'll go ahead and text your father and let him know. Thank you, appreciate that. Maybe tell T's parents too. Sure, do you know what Gunny's going to do? What do you mean? Well, I can contact T's parents and, and your father and tell them what's going on, but Gunny's going to probably uh, need... Something a little more mundane yeah uh, I'm not sure what do we do about that you know what I'll take care of the call thank I'll, you it'll I'll handle it as a tutoring call sure so just let him I'll, know I'll let him so know. he doesn't yeah let him get a story straight- mm-hmm. good yeah then good luck thanks if you've never attended one of these it's well it's a thing so feel free to stop by tomorrow if you uh, have any questions or want to talk about it I mean we're helping
0: somebody die so yeah it'll probably be a thing strangely enough. Out of character, or at least in Silas's mind, not the first time this has happened, something like this has happened. (laughs) Yeah, not like
3: this, though, right? Not like this. I don't know. Have you ever, as a Flamesworth, ever been to, like, an elemental passing? I don't know. I don't know that my parents would have taken me to one. Okay. I'm not sure what the culture is, right? Yeah, I mean, your house is a human house aligned with an element. T probably has been to one of these. Before. Also,
0: I would imagine that flame elementals passing on is probably a lot more dangerous. It is if you don't pass them with the ritual. Correct. Yes. And even then, like if something goes wrong, it probably could get out of hand. Uh, Yeah. You know, it gets a little flamey. I would imagine <laughs> that my parents probably didn't take me
3: to those things. Sure. That makes sense. Because I didn't have any power to protect yeah. myself. That, that makes sense. Where on the other hand, for T, like you've seen this before.
1: As a matter of fact, when T comes back, one of the things he wants to do if Ike is up for it. Is get a it's a selfie, but it's not a hey selfie. It's a something to remember him by because he said he's family, so he's gonna want to talk to his mom about it. So if Ike's up for it, yeah, he'll, uh, he'll get together with we'll something to. But it's not gonna be a hey with the fingers up thing. It's gonna be like a
3: the camera can't take a um, a photo. It can't take a photo of you that's not veiled. The shroud will mess with the photo. Like it'll be you and some old guy. I'll do that anyway. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, among you magical people, you can even mm-hmm. recognize photos Mm -hmm. if the veil has covered them over. So you guys all kind of come back together and Ike's directing a good chunk of the ritual circle being drawn out as Gunny's pretty strong. So, you know, like you've got like buckets of dirt pouring it out onto the ground and some rocks and he's an earth elemental. The ritual is actually pretty earthy in its design. I really appreciate you guys showing up. Like I said, it had taken me a, oh, another wave goes out. Sorry. Sorry. It would have taken me a while to put this together.
0: And that's what the veil does. Oh, well,
3: I've never been an active part. I've always appreciated it, allowing me to move about and stuff like that. Never flaunted against it. Just kind of an ordinary guy going about my business. He'll get out his his notebook that
1: he was taking. Is there anything that you want to pass on or want people to know?
3: I think I've said all the things I uh, need to say, you know, talk to friends. No, I think I'm good. I think I'm just uh, I think I'm ready. I can feel my essence unwinding, and I really would like to just give it back to, you know, the element that I've tended to since the glaciers carved the lakes.
0: That's a long time. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Silas is aware of how long trolls live. Yeah. But it's still different hearing
3: it. It's, yeah, it's pretty epic considering that he hasn't blinked his eyes since before you were born. You guys like start setting up the ritual and you begin the, the beginning steps of the ritual, like the circle takes on a magical glow. From this point now, the ritual, it's a lot on Ike and he needs like some assistance in helping with it. But now from this point, the ritual needs to progress. You guys got to like work at it to keep it going. And that's when Ike is like, hmm, his head turns towards the door. We're not alone out here. Not by a long shot. Ike is in the beginnings of the ritual. One of you needs to continue with Ike, assisting him with the ritual. The other two are free to kind of move about.
2: I'll stay. I don't mind. It probably shouldn't be me. I don't quite have a handle yet on this magic stuff, so I would feel better if it wasn't me. <laughs> Unless you want
0: to, T. You're the most experienced of us. I don't mind doing it. Okay, he is a earth elemental. Maybe your maybe earth elemental in this mm-hmm. I'll go with Gunny.
2: Okay, let's go see who's outside.
0: Yeah, I go outside with Gunny.
3: you step outside. There's not a lot of natural light. We're in the city. There's some ambient light pollution that creates a little bit of uh, light that you can see. The stone house does not have any lights on it. So it is, again, D8 dark. But coming out of the tree line, you see a number of cell phone flashlights coming from the tree line towards the stone house. And leading this pack of lights that are starting to burst through is a single male figure. Seems to be the leader. He is dressed in gray track pants, a red hoodie, black sneakers. The hoodie has uh, the logo of the legends, which is the Lancaster mascot, Win. This is a win right here. Ugh. And he's carrying a baseball bat in one hand. I take back everything I said about that lose. You this guy, is amazing.
1: You guys, you guys got to let, let this go,
3: man. No, I refuse. Behind him are more legends. There are young women, young men in various casual kind of getups, all of them with like hoodies or baseball caps, all of them with some logo for the Lancaster legends on it. And uh, they all kind of come up with the guy in front and the rest of them kind of hanging back. The guy kind of twirls the baseball bat and he's like, hmm, that's not exactly what I was expecting. As he looks at the two of you, whatever you got going on in there,
2: I want some. I think uh, you're completely off track here. The ice cream social is about... 12 miles that way. I just stand behind Gunny and like... He's like real
0: funny.
3: Shaking my head. Look, we're here for whatever's going on inside that house. And one of the people in the back is like, yeah, Brad promised us enchanted items for the upcoming baseball season. Are they Uh. magical? So they're magical? The guy in front is magical. Uh Uh-huh. Not the rest of them. But the rest of them all have some sort of sport implement with them. Some of them have field hockey sticks, some of them have lacrosse sticks, baseball bats. By magical, I mean clued in. They clearly have some idea of what's going on here, yes.
0: Silas, of course, is considering, like, am I going to be violating the veil type stuff? I shake my head no. (laughs) Oh, nice. Um, I pull out my sword then, with all the shards, and they like have it explode
3: around me and and waved around. like, I don't think you want to do this. Brad snaps his wrist and the baseball bat crackles with electricity, and he's like, very much think I do want to do this.
1: <laughs> all, all these, all these, all these kids are there. Like Brad's got his baseball bat, so he's got a lacrosse stick. Somebody else has got got a tennis racket in the background. One of the kids is holding up his ping pong paddle, like
3: Oops. ping pong paddle, <laughs> a badass ping pong paddle.
2: Yeah, he's here for another party, much like Brad did originally with his bat. I do the fancy twirl. I've been practicing spinning the axe around in my hand, so I give him the old and the axe shimmer isn't the right word but you can see the air moving around it. Nice. Let me break down how this
3: is going to go. For T, right now, you will be helping with the ritual of passing. You're going to assist Ike. Your goal is to accumulate successes. Okay. You need to accumulate eight total successes for the ritual to fully take place. Once the ritual fully takes place, there's no way to siphon Ike's essence. Okay. It'll be bound to the ritual. You'll be doing that by making some rolls. A normal success will get you one success. A heroic success will get you two. For Silas and Gunny, the Legends mob is a dozen or so teenagers represented by a mob of three D6. This is like a crisis pool. You're going to be rolling. Your effect die is going to be taking out dice. When all three of the D6s are removed, this mob is scattered. And then finally, we have Brad. Who has a standard stress track and also has his mana pool die on board. And then you three will be able to switch which ones of these you want to do every so often. When a dueling round completes, mm-hmm. you are welcome to trade off. Let's say Silas engages Brad first in a duel. If you do one pass and you don't want to take Brad on again, you can switch to the mob or the ritual. hmm And you can swap out. So you are not locked into whichever one you want. You are free to be fluid. After we go through a round of each, I will then ask you if you want to switch up. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Doing that so that it can be fluid and you're not locked into any one particular thing. Okay. You do have to keep the ritual going no matter what. Right. So somebody has to be on the ritual. The other ones you can choose how you want to deal with.
0: Okay. So I'm standing just behind Gunny and I... I whisper to him, mob or Brad? Quick. I feel like Brad. Cool. I got the mob. I'll I'll guard the entrance. I
3: hate bullies. Okay. So Brad's standing there. Baseball bat crackling with electricity.
2: There's no way you guys are getting in there. But if you want to go, let's go.
3: And he comes running at you. Baseball bat, one hand. So you are going to be engaging in a duel. So we are both going to roll for who goes first. In this case, Brad is represented by 2d8. So,
0: is it Mage, Vale, or High School?
3: I think it could be really any of those. It's pretty much open it's this a, yeah.
2: particular instance. Yeah. It's free for all. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: I mean, yeah. you should probably say why you're doing what you're doing so we can figure out what affiliation
2: you're actually utilizing. That's fair. Also, we should hand out some plot points. Oh, absolutely. Please I, call it DOS. Oh, your... no. I got a stack so you don't have to throw them at me anymore. <laughs> Thank you.
0: <laughs> I got one, in case anybody's wondering. Nobody was, but I was. I'm sure the listeners are wondering. That's why I meant. In case anybody <laughs> listening yes. was wondering,
2: what affiliation have you chosen? I'm going to be going with school in this instance because he's a, he's stock bully, and I've been dealing with this my entire life. It feels like a school thing to me. I was going to suggest sure. school for what you said there. School makes Plus sense for it's bully. The land of evil. <laughs> just reinforcing it right here. Jerry shaking his head.
3: <laughs> okay, this is just to see who's going to go first. Brad rolls a twelve.
2: We're just doing affiliation affiliation and and roll Okay. All right. So I will be adding jock to this because I'm about to fight and it feels jocky. These roles ones don't mean anything, right? Uh, In this case, we're just getting a number so that we can uh, set initiative.
3: That would be an eight. Okay. Brad will choose to go first. So Brad's going to press the attack. Brad is again, uh, in all things represented by 2d8, but we'll pick up his distinction. I am legend. Since you are both affected by the dark right now, I'm actually not going to put that into play since both of you would have that same D8.
0: So he's a crappy adaptation of the original? Yeah.
3: Okay. Really, you're not going to put it into play so there's potentially more dice to use? No, I'm fine. We can. Put I mean, it you don't have to use No, it. but Bob, you also need to remember to pick up. You are both now fighting in the dark. So pick up an extra D8 for your pool. I'm going to go ahead and grab. I'm at 4D8. And this roll is mighty. Oof. That is a 15. Pretty sure I'm getting this round. You say that. I was going to say, you say that. No, I mean, there's definitely ways to build a bigger pool. What's the effect die? Oh, well, all my dice are D8s, so my effect die is D8.
2: There you go. All right, so I've got my 10 and my 6 from uh, affiliation and roll. I'm picking up the extra D8 from dark. You know what? I haven't had too many fights like this. This is magic fight number one for me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Other than any sparring that maybe we have done in the interim. I'm going to be using a leaf on the wind okay oh, i know that went poorly for wash but how do you get your spear clean you put it through the wash that's right but i'm bum and we're gonna add d6 for my maniple i'm sorry what was that number oh i had a 15. here's how this is gonna work i'm gonna use this plot point to add another die in to put my total at 23 with an eight effect but i have a one for you
1: so how did you get the 23 let
2: everybody know how you guys uh, i got a 10 and eight and a five Oh, you could have beat that without spending the plot point. You just wanted to go over the top. I did. I wanted to to come out of the gate hot. Love it. Because bullies eat that shit. I know they do. So,
3: as Brad, I'm going to take this hit because I think a lot of things have to come together even if I use a plot point to beat a 23. Numerically, that's pretty, it's not impossible, but it's pretty tough on three dice for me to pull that off.
0: Hey folks, I'm cutting in here to get rid of the rules discussion and tell you exactly what happened. So Gunny hit Brad with a 22 and a d8 effect die. That was 5 more than Brad's 15, which bumped up Gunny's effect die from a d8 to a d10. At this point, Brad chose to give in, which bumped the stress he would have taken down to a d8 and then spent a plot point from his pool to reduce the stress by another step to a d6. So Brad took a d6 of stress. Brad also then generated a d6 to his mana pool die for giving in. Gunny also gets a d10 mana pool die to his pool in addition to dealing the stress to Brad. Brad then chose to continue the duel.
3: In that first exchange, Brad comes out pretty strong, swings hard, but ultimately fails to connect, and how do you hit him?
0: We say swing hard, but really they're swinging in magical patterns because yes. that's how we generate magic. Sure. That's actually the the theme of of swashbuckling fighting with these magic weapons.
2: Okay. Yes, everything's kind of intricate. And yeah. Showy. Otherwise it doesn't work. Sure. But at some point he does attempt to strike me very hard. Mhm. Uh, I actually slip it. Okay. I slip and dodge the blow because this was kind of like a humiliating moment. I swat him on the ass with the flat of the blade. <laughs> okay. That's funny. He yeah.
3: takes that sting, right? That hurts. Jumping over to Silas, the mob comes after you. The mob is represented by 3D6. They also have a distinction called all A's and PE. Oh, good. This is just a straight test. You're making a test against this, so I will go ahead and roll your, um, I will roll your difficulty.
0: What if I'm not attacking the mob?
3: Oh, I'm sorry. Are they attacking me? Yeah, well, they're attacking you. Okay, so then they go first, and they're just going to attack me, and yeah. I'll defend. So I've got an eight, and I've picked up a one. And I'm just going to hit the pause button for a second before you make your roll and forgot that I wanted to buy yours. I'm going to buy yours and I'm just raising the strain on the shroud. It's getting messy. Yeah, it's quick and dirty. Great.
0: I just got to defend myself. So we'll grab my geek die. I feel like I am defending the veil as hard as I can, but like I traded earlier to drop my veil die to put my my step. So my veil die is only a D6. And... I'm going to use Son of a Flameworth because I, this is what my dad would want me to do. This is, yeah, this these is. human punks. Yeah, like- I know, right? I don't think of them as human punks. I'm like, they're violating the magic of the veil and not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Sure as hell's right. That's why I feel that way. Not because I don't really think of humans as being punks. That doesn't make any sense for me because I have a lot of friends that are-
3: just, No, I mean, these guys are yeah,
0: punks. Yeah, sure. But I would never think of it as these human punks. Sure. Hey, watch it with the punk language back there.
3: I resemble that. <laughs> you do resemble that. <laughs> like, kick his ass. Why aren't you busy? There's just voices in the background, like, kick his ass, get him, get him. It's like a, the first sortie of them come in at you.
0: Yeah, so my sword, it's crystallized around me right now. It zooms back into the thing, and I just start deflecting, parrying, jumping backwards, spinning, because that's how the magic works. And there's like an after image of blue in the sky as I'm generating mana, and my sword starts getting brighter.
3: Oh, I got a 16. Oof. What's your effect die? D8. So you knock out one of these. No,
0: it's just defending. I wasn't attacking them. Because that's how that works, right?
3: I was just going to roll a test. Higher one inflicts stress on the other oh, one. Because I have a very specific thing that I wanted to do when it's my turn. Oh, well then by all means, I'm fine. You easily defend this. Okay, cool. What I want to do
0: is I want to use my magic, because there's a bunch of them, right? hmm There was all that water that I shunted off. I have control. I want to take that water, crystallize it into swords to create an asset on the table to create a bunch of floating swords to fight for me. Because it's a mob. Sure. And so instead of being outnumbered, it's like even.
2: Very swashbuckly answer. Sure, so
3: you're going to you're gonna create a, a new uh, trade on the table? Yeah, I'm going to spend
0: my plot point to actually create the thing. Cloud of swords? Which, cloud of swords, yeah, pretty much. Cloud of swords. Cloud are of, you, uh, are you rolling swords or are you
3: just creating a d6? I
0: think I'm just allowed to create a d6, right? Oh, you can totally I, just create a d6 with a... Yes. Here, let me ask you a question. Sure. So I just rolled. That means I generated mana. I'm going to step my D6 up to a D8. Can I spend that D8 to make it D8 Cloud of Swords on top of that? If you're spending a resource for it, I'll allow yeah, it. Yeah, I'll spend both resources. One to make it like stick around for the, yep. s- the scene, and one to then up it to a D8 so that I can utilize it later. Very cool. Because I'm defending T so they can pull it off. Okay. Plus I need to even it out. Even out the fight.
3: So this is Cloud of Swords, and it is D8. It is not for me. It is strictly for you.
0: Yeah. So, after I do all that dancing around and they're all like pushing me back towards the entrance, I'm like, you should look behind you. And that's when all the swords come flying towards them. And now they're all fighting crystallized ice swords in the air. Excellent. Do you,
3: by chance, have a plot point? Do you want this one? I can't buy it. I, I ran okay. out.
1: Vulture that didn't matter.
3: That mob is still a three. From now on, I will be fighting them. No problem. T. Yes. You are aiding Ike with the ritual. Yes. And you can kind of like, at this point, you guys are going around the circle. So you can see out the door, there's all this commotion, there's lightning, there's yelling, feet, you know, stamping in the snowy dirt, Ike's trudging along with you, and he's like, gotta just keep the ritual going, like, gotta stay focused on the mana. Okay. So... The difficulty of the ritual is represented by 2d8. It also has a distinction of a d8. It is an intricate ritual. So it is requiring extra focus to kind of pay attention to these turns, these incantations, things like that.
1: Um, I'm going to step down my distinction to a d4 because I'm distracted by what's going on outside. Sure. In doing so, I'm going to take the plot point. Okay. So for the first time I do this, I'm going to have a d4 instead of a d8 for my distinction.
3: The difficulty of the ritual is a 10. And I do have a one if you are interested in buying it.
1: I'm going to use my D8 for my emo. This is magic, so I'm using my D10 for my mage. Mm -hmm. And then my D8 for my mana pool. And my D4 because my distinction got knocked down. And I, wow, no ones. Good roll. I got a 13 with a D8 effect die.
3: 13 is a success. So you generate one success.
1: Part of my ritual that I'm doing this, I'm going to spend a plot point to step down the damage to this route. Oh, One extra plot point to do that.
3: You absolutely can.
1: I want to step that down to a D8. Repair that damage to the shroud. Use the ritual to
3: to heal the magic. Just to recap, by lowering the strain in the shroud, you have brought it back down to a D8. It is still a D8 dark outside, which I just remembered neither you nor I, Chris, picked up that D8. The uh, cloud of swords is at a D8. We have one success in the ritual. Three D6s for the mob. Brad has taken a D6 stress and has a D8 plus two D6 in mana. Having completed one round, Mm -hmm. you are welcome to change places. I'm
0: where I am right now. Okay, if you don't want to switch, that's fine. When you do, let me know. Okay, I'm good right here. I'll switch with you in a second.
2: Back to Gunny. You don't have to do this, Brad. You can take your people and you can go
3: home. (laughs) I'm taking the mana and then I'm going home. You're taking the big L. And he jumps back. He begins to swing the bat into another kind of intricate spell pattern. And this time he's going to pull. So first of all, represented by 2d8, he's going to take his distinction swing for the bleachers as a d8, and he will charge up the bat with mana, with electricity, using the martial magic attack and pull in a d8 for a die, plus one more D8 for dark. I have a pool of 5D8. Damn. That's another 15. And because I'm feeling froggy, I'm going to spend a plot point And I'm going to make that 15 a 22.
2: Ooh, bread's coming hard. Okay.
3: You embarrassed him the first time. <laughs> he's, he's not pleased. All oh, the friends oh. are snickering at him. And that's a D8 effect die. But of so course. Park that off to the side.
2: Come get some.
3: <laughs> <laughs> embarrass me once, you will not embarrass me again.
2: I got, I got good people working with me that have been training me in how to do all this magic crap, so I'm feeling just a little bit confident. Here comes the home run. All right, so um, I'm going to continue on with the uh, school jock combination and leaf on the wind that I did before. Uh, I've got the eight from darkness. I've got the six from Brad's condition. Yes. I'm going to pop my D10 mana pool die in. I think that's a good pool. Not as good as I wanted. What am I looking at? 22? 22. You can just lose. It's okay. I know. Like, Mat- I don't mathing don't is wanna. hard.
1: I don't wanna. <laughs> <laughs> he can just lose. It's not okay. <laughs> drown in the scene, right? Well, we just want to see Gunny beat this guy down.
2: Yeah, I, I would have to add multiple dice in to, to do it, and it's just not happening. So yes, I did not. uh, My best here, I'm going to go with a 12 with a 10 effect. That's two steps higher. You did have a higher effect die, which is good.
0: Let's go through this. If they uh, continue and roll lower, the winner gets a mana pool die equal to their effect die, so that's a a D12 technically. So Brad gets a D12 because of the two steps up. Brad may also spend a plot point to create an asset for the fight from another of their effect die.
3: I've got two plot points left. I'm going to hold off for a little bit.
0: The loser takes stress equal to the effect die, which is a D12 or... It step down if one of the losers' effect die is higher. It's not because the effect die is d12. So you're going to take a d12 stress, and then the winner gets to decide if they wish to continue the duel, or start a new contest, or disengage, or take some other action.
2: So is he taken out with a d12? No, it has to go higher. That's still a lot worse than I had envisioned losing the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's he's succeeded by is two this, steps. Is this
0: physical stress or is this arcane stress? Well, first the arcane stress gets hit. Your arcane shield's gone. That's actually what happens first. Yeah. You have no physical stress. That's not how it works. It doesn't spill over.
2: Okay, so the... Because
0: maximum arcane stress is eight. Yeah, it just knocks it out. So, so. Your, your arcane shield's gone. Like, whatever that looks like. Let's talk about arcane stress tracks. So... All characters have two stress tracks. They have an arcane stress track and a physical stress track. The arcane stress track initially only goes up to a D8. That's how much arcane energy is surrounding you that protects you. Any hit that would take your arcane stress track out just makes your arcane shielding break. Doesn't spill over, it just breaks at that point. Then you start taking actual physical stress.
3: Because I use asymmetrical stat blocks for NPCs, I just include one stress track that just kind of factors that in. It explicitly applies to you guys. I will just rack up stress, and then I will just tell you when an NPC is out.
0: So I have no idea what it looks like when somebody's arcane stress track breaks. We didn't determine that. I assume it's different for everybody. I would
2: think that it it varies based on the magical talent you've chosen for your character. Uh Uh-huh. What's it look like for you? Mine would be kind of that swirl of air effect. Just dissipates? Just... I think there's like a big gust, right? Like it goes outward. We can all feel it.
3: Yeah.
0: That's cool. All right. Now we know what that looks like.
3: So that's our exchange for this part of the duel. Now on to Silas and the Mob.
0: Thank you for joining us for Misdirected Mark Plays. Now let's do some Patreon shout out to thank those wonderful patrons who support our show. Let's start with the Royal Court. Ty Pruny, also known as Lord Timeonger, Lars Henrik Evjan, the Lord out of time. Jim, the Royal Merchant Emeritus. Chromatic Chameleon, the Queen's Spy Mistress. Schmitty, the Keeper of the Labyrinth. Andrew Dacey, the Warden of Whiskies; Andy Olson, the Duke of Dice; John Carney, the Court Necromancer; Craig, the Lord of One Name; Tiberius Starcrash Smith, the Baron of Britannia; Kevin Lovecraft, the Royal Beard; and J. T. Evans, the Queen's Librarian. Other patrons are Chris Constantine, Miko Froelich, Eric Simon, Fiona, Not That Billy Mitchell, Huxley, Kathleen Halperin. Christopher Gemelk, Michael Beck Esperum, Joseph Knoll, Carlos, Pep Dilemma, Michael Draper, Kubanu, Alice Kira, Jim Fitzpatrick, Brantley Harris, Steve Radabaugh, Rory McLeod, Njabi, Joseph Peralta, Brian Kurtz, My Brett, not My Brett, but someone's Brett, Chris Steele, Jared Rasher, Eileen Barnes, and Brandon Barnes. If you'd like more content like this, you can find it on our website at misdirectedmark.com. Want some more? Go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash mmp. There's a bunch of bonus episodes, there's our after show, the Bamboo Lounge podcast, our MM Plays game stuff, like our setting for the this game, The Children of the Shroud, my game development notes for the lamplighter system are on there, our character sheets are on there, our mod stuff is on there, all sorts of stuff is on there, and you get access to our Slack room. And that's important because that's the best way to get a hold of us. But if you don't want to get a hold of us that way, you can reach us using email, mmp at misdirectedmark.com. You can also use Twitter. The best place is at misdirectedmark. Now, we have some other shows on this network. We have Pandas Talking Games, The Gnome Cast, Bonus Experience, and Thaka with Advantage. Let's dig a little deeper into one of those shows. Bonus Experience. Monica and her friends explore gameplay and design through the lens of diversity while also sharing some of the dumbest humor gaming has to offer. Now, if that's still not enough, we have some friends who make podcasts. There's the Tabletop Bellhop, your board game concierge, the Knights of the Night who make excellent APs, and Mastering Dungeons with Sean Merwin and Teos Abadia. They're still doing their 5th edition thing, and you can catch them on the podcasts or on YouTube speaking of youtube how to rpg is by sean p kelly of gaming mbs it's one of my favorite things going on on the internet on youtube right now and if you want a variety of games to talk about go check it out over there he is live on saturday mornings at 9 a.m eastern well with that this has been a Mr. mark production the media arm
2: of encoded designs mic drop we out